Welcome, co-creators. Hi, Hannah. This is a uh, podcast between father and daughter where Rob and Hannah have a conversation about their daily lives and how they've overcome chronic severe anxiety. At least I, I had 35 plus years of chronic severe anxiety, which I have no more. And Hannah suffered from that as well. And the two of us found a way to find peace in our lives and then rebuild a relationship between the two of us. And we come here to chit chats to talk about it and share our story with the world and the, with the hopes that this will help someone else. Hi, Hannah. How are you? Yes. I love the way you put that. And I am good. Hello to all of our co-creators. Today, we wanted to talk about the now. And being in the present moment and how we can find peace and only the the alignment and that peace that we talk about when we are in the now. I do think the now is something that people might think is one and done. And it's never a one and done. It's always an, an ongoing process. So rather than like taking a Tylenol or an aspirin or an ibuprofen and saying, okay, I took that. Now let's wait for the medicine to heal my headache or whatever it is, my swollen knee or something. The being present in the now is every single now. It's this realignment of the mind. And we know that we've left the, the alignment into peace when we don't feel peace and when we're not comfortable or when we're uneasy or we're fidgeting or I'm biting my nails or I'm wishing this day was over or I'm looking forward to the airplane trip home tomorrow and I'm not focused on the conversation with you. I know I'm leaving the now and I'm leaving that peaceful moment and the, the, the opportunity that we have is to recognize that the mind left the now and it left the peaceful moment and then to just bring it right back. I, I posted something and somebody had, had commented that, you know, they struggle with that. The mind just continues to wander mm -hmm. and it's true, but we, there's, there's all sorts of tools that we can use to kind of, bring that mind back into control. And I, I use the two minute timer and the timer, instead of the, the, the timer being this time frame for which I was trying to be present minded, it actually woke me up from leaving the present, which I didn't recognize. And I think most of us do experience being pulled out of the present moment and onto a stream of thought. And then we don't know how that happened few minutes later, we're going, oh my gosh, why is yeah. my mind off on this rampage? It's thinking about something. And so my, my, my watch, I would set the timer on it. And, and rather than my mind going off for 15 or 20 minutes uh, on some thought process that's uncomfortable, the watch would buzz and beep and wake me up from that stream of thought. That's training. So then I do that over and over and over. And eventually the 10 seconds of present moment time that I have turns into 30 seconds, two minutes. And then I, I just work on that all day long. I work on that until my mind finally rest, rests in this peaceful moment and says, oh, okay, 
this I'm, I'm not supposed to be wandering on my own here. I'm, I need to wait until I'm supposed to go off on a thought. I still haven't used your two minute timer trick yet. I do want to try it, but I was thinking about how I do it and I've always used my breath. I've timed myself with my breath and my thoughts. Um, and more recently I have started doing yoga every morning and yoga is a practice where it's where you really dive into your breath and every movement of your body is connected to what your breath is doing. And when I get into my, my yoga space and I, I count my breaths and I really move my body to my breaths, there is nothing going on in my mind besides that's it. That's all that's going on. Like all I'm focused on is breathing in and then breathing out. And I was, when I first started meditating, I was really struggling with like getting really dialed into meditation and sitting on the meditation pillow and sitting there for 30 minutes. And I learned a trick with a mala, which is meditative, uh, Tibetan pair, prayer beads. And I, there is 108 beads on a mala. And each bead was one breath. So in and out is one breath. And I would count my breaths. And I would focus on my thoughts while I was moving my fingers to another bead. And if I went off in a tangent, when I'm halfway around the mala, I knew I lost myself halfway around the mala. Did you start over again or how, how did that process happen when you lost your train of thought or when, when you uh, went off on a train of thought? I would either start over or if I was at half, like if my finger was at half of the mala, I knew that I was, you know, I still had half a mala to go. So if I kept doing it and I lost my way, like at half again, I knew it took half the mala before something happened. Um, and now I do a lot of um, breath work and yoga. And I found that the spiritual side to this, which is when we stay at peace, we develop more peace in our life. And that's what you're doing. You're staying at peace and you're, you're saying um, there, there's, there's something in the Bible, something along the lines of God will meet us at our level of expectation. And I, I forget where, where that comes from. But my thought on that is that wherever we are internally, if we're at peace, more peace is going to be bestowed upon us but if we're nervous more nervousness is going to be bestowed upon us and you're practicing this theory which is i'm going to stay at peace you know jesus said how many how how much more time of your life how many more days are handed to you in in worry or and you know i always put this in my terms but um yeah. You know, is your life going to be lengthened 
by worrying? Is worrying going to solve your financial problem? And obviously, you know that you're, you're tackling all of this. So with that said, with, with the, the idea that we know that positive, healthy, relaxed thinking creates more um, wonderful, positive, creative thoughts in the mind, it's easier on the body, the body doesn't have high blood pressure, we know all that. But what about the people that might come to you and say, Hannah, you have bills to pay, you're in a real world, this is not a bullshit world here this there's someone's going to knock on your door and say you need to pay me or you're going to go to jail or we're going to fine you um it's 700 man and that 200 bill that you just did the other day you need to start worrying about that what do you say to that no thank you i'm not gonna worry about that <laughs> in layman's terms and I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute here. I want to play yeah. the other side because I, you know, I totally agree with you. And that's what I do in my life. But there's listeners out there that are like, oh, yeah. OK, so you're just going to sit in a little Buddha pose and you're going to have and you're and the world's just going to unfold and, and hand you money. Technically, yes. <laughs> Technically. Yeah, Abraham Hicks says that she says, point your finger at what you want and allow it to come to you and that is so true because so i i have struggled with this in the past so abraham hicks says point your finger at it and you've got it bhagavad gita says do your duty so we have these two sides here and i'm saying no thank you when you're playing devil's advocate so we have these two sides and the push in the pull of this is something that happens all of the time with everything. And I think the sweet spot is the balance between it. It's, it's the yin and the yang, like forming together, like coming together, even though they're opposites, they're together. And I think what we have to do is see the amount of money. I have to pay back being aware of it, but vibrationally allowing myself to say that the universe will take care of this for me. I am aware of it. I have a nine to five job. I work a nine to five job. You know, I, I am paying my active, I'm actively paying my bills and everything that I need to but I'm staying in a place of peace where I can point my finger and say, please pay this off and the universe will do it for me. It's not a snap your fingers in front of your face and it's done sort of thing. You're aligning your mind to peace and now you're going to take action out of a place of peace rather than a place of frantic. And we know that when we make rash decisions quickly that it's a frantic mind and it just causes more disruption and we make lousy decisions we make the our best decisions when we're at peace yeah yeah and i have been getting a lot recently from my guides don't worry about it it's fine you're fine like 
I, I I'll think about it for a second. And one of my guides is like, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Like, and I have this feeling that a lot of things are going to come into place for me pretty quickly in the physical world. Like I have this feeling that I'm like right on the edge of the cliff and I shouldn't use the word cliff, but that's kind of what I'm like, I'm right about the fall, but that's, that's what, that's what's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to fall. It's a good thing coming up, but you're anticipating something really good. Yes. And I'm right at the edge, but I'm right at the edge and there's still, there's still a little bit left I have to do before I fall. Like, I love that. Most people that, well, I don't know if most, but a lot of people feel like they're on the verge of suffering, of decay, of something horrible happening. And I used to be that person. I think you did too a, a while oh, back. God, yeah. Yeah. But now we're waiting with anticipation. We're looking, we're, we're, we're happy to be where we are. Life is good. Um, I'm healthy. You're healthy. Yeah. We got some credit card debt. Uh, yeah. But you know, we got a roof over our heads and we're anticipating blessings and abundance, not pain and, and uncomfortableness. No, no, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing because it makes you, it makes you want to look forward into the present or into the future to see what's coming up. But we know we can't do that. And that comes back to the whole in the now moment, because what I just said is in the past now, as again, in the past. So Every second that we're recording this is in the past. And we have to learn how to be at peace in every second, like a millisecond. Like, cause one second is only in the, in the, in the present moment. It's just one second, one millisecond and it's gone. And we have to learn how to stay in the present moment, accept that that second is gone and we have another one coming up, but only be staying in that one millisecond. It's a millisecond, not even. It's, it's so incredibly small, but so incredibly large at the same time. And the mind doesn't want to stay there. It does not want to stay in the present moment. The mind wants to go. And it's fun, by the way, to let the mind wander. And uh, it starts out fun. You know, oh, this might happen in a couple of days from now. This might happen. This might happen. But then when the mind's on its own wandering journey and it's not bridled and, and harnessed and tamed, then it gets out of wildly out of control and that's where anxiety and you can't sleep insomnia and you can't stop the mind from thinking but um i i agree it's it's this it's this ever forever millisecond now that keeps arriving 
and yeah. we have to keep aligning, keep aligning and keep aligning. And eventually the alignment is the natural state of mind and it doesn't take so much mental work. But for me, I need to be reminded depending on the trigger. So, you know, I'm away for work right now and it's easily to, for me to become triggered. I'm, I'm not in my little safe environment. I'm, I'm around people. I'm in a, you know, semi leadership role, which is, you know, my mind says, uh, you don't have experience and you don't know what you're doing and people can see right through you. And they, they know that you're, you're, you don't know what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And I, I have to say, no, thank you. I'm going to align right now to this moment, which is in this moment, I'm having a conversation with you. Or if I'm tr in the triggering environment of work, I can say, uh, no, thank you. I'm right now, I'm perfectly healthy and I'm handling what's in front of me at this moment and all is well. And th that's what it, that, that's what it is, is we the world reveals itself to us in a, in a in a fearful way that triggers us. And it's our job to say, oh, this is just another bullshit, fearful, made up. My mind interpreted this the wrong way. And it's up to me to realign the mind rather than try to run from scenario to scenario, get a better job, get a better wife, get a better life, get up, get a better health, get like my body better. You know what I mean? Like um, oh, yeah. it's my job to realign right now and say the body I'm in, if, if I got a belly and no hair or if I, whatever, I don't like something about my body, then it's my job to love it the way it is right now in this present moment. It's my job to love my credit card debt. I don't have to like it, but I, I wanna be full of love at all moments. So in my triggering environments at work, I wanna love those moments. I wanna say thank you for showing me I'm I've I'm not aligned to the to the one consciousness to to God's source energy the Tao the Great Mother. Thank you for showing me that I can be easily knocked off my center. Yeah, and it's my job to go. No, thank you. I'm going to realign at this moment and be at peace. And so far, it's worked for me. I've I've overcome an awful lot of stuff in my life by just aligning to the peaceful moment now, 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 now. You know, I heard something from a friend this week and it really stuck with me. She said that she knows somebody who actively listens, watches, or does things that she does not align with or, or well, I should say rather that she doesn't either understand or that she judges. So for example, she would uh, listen to TED Talks of things that she didn't agree with to open her perspective. And I thought for a second on that. And I thought, well, that's really cool, but why would you force yourself to listen to something that you didn't agree with? But at the same time, that's what the universe does to us. The universe gives us something we don't agree with and we still have to say, okay, I accept that and move on from it. And I thought that was kind of really interesting. 
That is a really interesting point. And you're absolutely right. What what is in out in the macrocosm is in the microcosm. What what yeah. we see out there is in our head too. And you're you're absolutely right. We do look out into the world and we do have to accept the seemingly unacceptable. Yes. And that was just very I don't know, that was very eye-opening for me. I was like, oh wow, that's that is very interesting. Huh. It's the conversations coming full circle because you spoke about the yin and the yang, and I forget how you so eloquently put something earlier in this conversation. And you were, oh, you called it the sweet spot. There's a sweet spot. Yeah. And you brought up the yin and the yang. And I think you're right. I think we notice the contrast and the differences and the hard and the soft, the black, the white, the things we like, the things we don't like. And when we go deep enough and we go beyond that in our mind to that place of nothingness where absolute peace, the peace that passes all understanding is, we realize that all of those things are non, they're, they're not, not important at all oh they're, no. they're nothing they're they're meaningless yeah we get so focused on things that don't even matter but they do matter because the universe is giving us giving it to us to show us that it doesn't matter even though in your perspective it seems like it does matter so everything matters, but it doesn't matter at the same time. Yes, it matters or doesn't matter for different reasons. And I, and I, and I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like saying nothing is nothing, but it's also powerful. Yes. Yes. It just, you know, I was, <laughs> I was in the car the other day and I just, I just sat there with myself and I was like, God, I love you universe. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I can't, I don't even know how I got to this point. I don't even know how I have this wonderful relationship with the universe. But at the same time, it's not even a, a relationship because it is me. It's a part of me. It's my being. And I, I thought I was like, it was like one of those moments where, where I felt outside of my body. I was like, God, I love this so much. But it is me. And, you know, when I was in Vegas for three years, I had no friends and there was, I didn't have anybody to talk to. And now I have this wonderful thing that I can talk to. And that thing is a part of me. It's a part of who I am. And I get to be loved by this wonderful thing that I am 
a part of that I've always been a part of, but I've been too blind to see, but I was supposed to be too blind to see it, to appreciate how wonderful it is. And it was like this yeah. very out of body experience and it was awesome. Interesting. Yeah. The, I do think that what you're describing is the complete fulfillment and contentment of being alive and appreciating breath and sight and touch and disconcerning yourself with bills and thought processes of worry and you're coming into alignment you come into alignment with that with that innate supernatural being that came here to express itself in whatever form it wants to which is could be female or male or an animal or a flower and you you recognize that and you say oh this is the body that i came here to experience and and i came here to experience what it's like to feel anxiety and without the anxiety i'd never feel deep peace i mean it's the yin and the yang you you don't know black existed unless you you have white to be able to to yeah. compare it to and you're you you're noticing that you're enormously blessed to be able to experience those two elements that are contrast they're night and day and not only can you notice that but you can decide which one of those you want to live your life by at every moment you can say i want to i'm going to align with fear and i'm going to bite my nails and pretend like this is a big scary world or i'm going to align with absolute peace and uh be the supernatural uh beautiful being that i was created to be we see that in babies when they're born they're the smile on their face and their laugh and you know the the, the only pain that they ever really experience are, are are physical pains maybe a gas pain or something but it's yeah. usually not a thought it's usually unless it's handed down to them in their dna you look into a baby's eyes there's no judgment they, they don't have a they don't have a house they don't have a they, they don't know where their next dollar is going to come from or their next meal is going to come from they have absolutely zero which is where you and i reduce ourselves to when we go to this meditative state we go to this zero place yeah. we don't own anything we don't need anything we're just in this skin body suit and then we become super appreciative of life the same way that baby does when you look into its eyes with no judgment and no complaints unless you have like a a real complaint which is you know a gas pain the baby's gonna cry yeah. um but the baby's not crying because it's not sure if it's going to be fed in 20 minutes from now but yeah. that's the adult mind does the adult yes. mind says i know i have a roof over my head i know i have running water and i know i have a toilet but i'm gonna worry about things that really don't friggin matter which is am i going to pay my bill and then i'm going to spend the rest of my day today worrying about whether i'm going to pay my bill that baby doesn't do that that baby has millions of times more things to worry about than you or i could ever worry about and yet it's not worried at all and you and i go to that zero place of thought where that baby is and appreciate life from that moment in time and it's beautiful it's beautiful doesn't even cover it 
it's not even like I don't know. It's just freaking amazing. Like there is no words. Like I I'm, um I, I I have these moments where uh the most of my life is very peaceful most of it 99% i'm in a peaceful state and some moments are deeper peace than others but i've noticed that when i do find that deep peace the world looks a little different and i used to think that was deja vu i used to think uh you know i'd see the light come through the window and then it would reflect or or i'd see a shadow or something on some dishes in the kitchen say and I just had this overwhelming feeling that I've seen this before. I'm like, I must have been here. I must have been in Vegas. I must have been in this house. At an, and then I, I don't really know that that's true. I feel like what I'm recognizing is the deep peace. I'm recognizing God in the scenario. You know, the Bible says, you know, you, you see Jesus in a rock or you see Jesus in, in the mountain or in another person. And I feel like that's what I'm doing. I'm experiencing that God essence. And that is what I'm feeling is deja vu. The mind wants to say, oh, you've seen this material object before. But I think I'm just recognizing the divinity in the world at that moment. That is very that is very funny you say that. I had a moment after after I had that like revelation. I had a moment and I was driving and a car was coming at me and all of these leaves because it's now fall up in Maine, everything's dying. And all of these leaves kind of came together and they squished and they swirled. And it was like I could see the energy moving the leaves. Like I saw more than just the leaves. I saw what was moving the leaves. It was a very, and it was like, it was like seeing something that was invisible, but I could see it. It was just a very weird moment. And it just, I don't know. It, you're right. You do see things differently. Like everything seems just to make sense. Like everything just makes sense. The, the Tao Te Ching speaks about, can you stop your mind from wandering long enough to know all things or recognize all things. And I think that's what you're speaking to. Yeah. Yes. Because when you're at peace, you can recognize peace. It just makes sense. It, it's. I, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. And I think the, this reminds me of when the Bible says, it's easier, and I think we spoke about this before, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. And really what that means to me is, uh, to put it in, into my language, is it's 
it's harder for a person who places their salvation or their sense of self or their sense of identity or their identification with the physical world, a person that is fearful, a person that says, no, I have bills to pay, it's more important to worry. It's harder for that person to find the mental place of kingdom of heaven, of peace inside the mind right here while we're on earth. It's harder for that person to, to you know, we become so attached to worldly things that we would rather hold on to the worry and the fear and what is this person going to think of me rather than entering the kingdom, the mental place of peace, the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. And every day I'm challenged. Something comes to me, something fearful comes to me and says, uh, you know, this is more important than that mental state of peace that you're holding on to, Rob. And, and I say, no, thank you. I am going to stay at peace. And now my body doesn't always do that, though. My body, no. because for, you know, I'm 51. And so I've experienced 35 plus years of chronic severe anxiety, panic attacks. So my body sometimes, my mind will just start to roll in the middle of the night and wake me up and I have to realign it. Uh, or my my body will, I can feel it gets it gets heightened. It gets nervous. And I just sit with it. And I say, okay, I know you're having a little at attack in there. And then it goes, it dissipates. And this happened a lot when I first made this mental transition. It, it does not happen as often now, but it's still, I, I still have those habitual moments uh, that the body wants to react in. But the mind, I, I, I almost never lose peace. I lose deep peace. So I go from a place of, you know, when I look at the, the sunshine coming in and I see the reflection, I have that aha moment, that deja vu, that's deep peace for me. And I, I don't always stay at that depth, but I'm always aligned with peace. And I almost never, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever lost complete peace. Honestly, I, I, I've just, it's just lost its depth as I face things in the world. Yes. I like that. And I was talking about you to somebody and I can't even remember the situation. The situation doesn't even matter. And I don't even remember who I was talking to. Um, but they said, your dad seems like a really cool guy. And I went, yeah, he's the coolest person I've ever met. And then while you were talking just now, I have never felt you not at peace around me since we've started this. And all of a sudden, I my, my brain went, well, yeah, he can do no wrong. And then I thought, wait a second, no, dad's human. And then I went, he's a part of the universe. He can do no wrong. And then I was like, what? <laughs> but it's true because, and, and yesterday when we were talking about how you feel like you're not a blob, but some people might view you as a blob. And to me, you're not. You are like the coolest person I've ever met. But that's because I see the universe in you, like fully. It's so hard to see. 
it's so hard to see the universe in others when they're so unconscious because the universe, because the universe has been crowded and pushed back and pushed away and it's hard to see it. But with you, it's so easy to see it that it seems so cool. Does that even make any sense? <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. That's wonderful for you to say that. And I'm honored and I really appreciate that. Thank you. They're, they're very kind words. And um, I feel like I started on a, on a trek to become a better human being when I woke up and realized that I was wrecking a lot of people's lives and um, including my own. And I deeply felt that I, I wanted to become a better person so that I could be an example Mm -hmm. to you, to Nick, to mom, to, to, to my parents, sisters, the world of a human being with a real human being. I'm, I'm not a Buddha. I'm not a Jesus. I'm a regular dude that likes to jump out or I don't do it anymore, but you know, used to like to jump out of airplanes and ride crotch rockets, 165 miles an hour and all of this egoic stuff. And I wanted to be an example to the world of, of a human being that is in touch with his emotions and is not afraid to express himself based on the ideology of the world that says men behave in a certain way, women behave in a certain way. Um, and I wanted to, you know, if I have feminine traits, I want to express those. Uh, I, I, I don't want to suppress anything that God has given me, that the universe has given me. And that's been the most freeing thing ever is to say every single thing has been created by God. And for me to call it blasphemy, for me to call it a, a problem, for me to say the bald head is a problem, for me to say my panic attacks are a problem, for me to say how I fucked up the first part of your life, um, you know, as my daughter. Uh, that's not a problem either. Um, that was, that's just part of that mesh where the yin and the yang, it's the sweet spot. And we're finding that together. And um, I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but that's just what no. came to me while uh, you were talking. I love it. I, I, I love it because you didn't fuck up my life and mom didn't either like thinking about it i was supposed to learn what you taught me and that wasn't wrong it was what i was supposed to learn and it was another thing from the universe and you know the things that happened when i was a kid i I have to accept them because they are as they are and nothing is fucked up. Nothing is wrong. It's just different. It's a different perspective. And I, I, I think I'm just having a revelation over here is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> And in the same way we need to realign with the now and peace at every now moment, we also need to forgive at every now moment and accept 
at every now moment and accept everything, absolutely everything. And that's really hard for most people to do because they want to point their finger and say, well, you did this, I feel this way or whatever. But I think you and I are finding out just how freeing it is to absolutely love every single thing that comes our way, including the most difficult, heinous things for us to swallow as human beings. When we, we don't have to like them, we, we can say, hey, you know, I, I certainly wish I didn't have a spinal injury that was yeah. awfully painful, but I'm going to send myself love. I'm not going to send myself, um, you know, un, ungratefulness. I'm, I'm going to send gratitude and say, this is where I am. And it's so much more healthy. Uh, you know, I, I sleep better. I don't have chronic severe anxiety. I don't have suicidal depression. I, and I, I've, yeah, it's a it's a better place to live in when you send the world love rather than hate. And, you know, that's what Jesus was saying. Right. He said, um, to love your enemies. And if we turn that into the mental world, because you and I split everything up, physical world and mental world. Yeah. So obviously love your enemies means the guy that cuts you off in the street um, or, or bust your window. You're supposed to love that guy. We get that. But I think the part that the general public misses is love your enemies on the mental side, which means when my mind starts saying to me, I don't look good, or I didn't behave well, or I screwed up in this, I need to love those things. I need to love the mental side of me, the struggling side to me, the side to me that's, that seemingly screws up. I gotta send that love, not, not anxiety. Because that's the yin and the yang, and the sweet spot is in the middle. Yeah, look at that. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. And every time we make that mental choice to believe in the false egoic self of fear and anxiety and I'm not good enough or I have too many bills and I don't know how I'm going to pay the credit card off. Every time we send ourselves a vibration of nastiness, yeah. We're asking the universe, God meets us on our level of expectation. We're saying to the universe, I would like to play in the sandbox of struggle today. And the universe says, oh, okay. okay. You want more shittiness? I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you know, so when I have that thought that comes into my mind and says, this is going to be a challenge. I just said to the universe, please send me a challenge. Yes. But if I change my thinking and I say, this, this event appears like it's going to be a challenge, but I know that the universe has always got something wonderful for me. And I cannot wait to find out how the universe is going to turn this credit card debt into a plus in my bank account. This is going to be an awesome thing. And that's what you were talking about earlier. You're kind of like anticipating the next great thing. Yeah. That's a beautiful place to live. Now we're now it's the orchestra it's the symphony with the universe we're becoming one with the universe it's the dance and the dancer become one the flame and the fuel become one it's it's yeah. the it's the unity it's the co-creation now you're saying this is what i want universe i want easiness and i want to be able to ask and it's given i don't I, and and the universe says oh okay you trust me you trust me with all of you Okay, let's do it then. Let's dance. I'll hand you everything you ask for. Yes. 
And I have had a realization that my ego has been running free in a specific part of my life that I wasn't even aware of. <laughs> I had no I mean, idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I started working with a nutritionist and I started really, I, I, I wanted to learn how to eat better. And first appointment we made, she is very good at picking up vibrational energies like I am. And she asked me all of these questions and I'm like, do I really want to do this? Like, do I want to put in the work? Like, I don't. It's like, sure, okay, we'll just roll with the punches for now because I'll just keep making appointments with her, but I really don't feel like doing this. And for, for all of our listeners, I, I am struggling with when I, I have always struggled in the kitchen. Growing up, I was, I, I never needed to cook. My parents cooked for me. And then when I moved to Vegas, my uncle cooked for me. I never really needed to cook. I needed to start when I was in Vegas, I needed to make sure that I was on top of my dishes. And for those of you who know me, I have a problem with collecting mugs. I have a lot of mugs. Because I drink a lot of tea and coffee and I think mugs are adorable. So I'm like, I have like 30 mugs. It's ridiculous. But trying to keep track and keep those clean when I was in Vegas was a difficult task for me. I was depressed. I was anxious. I had no energy to take care of myself, let alone do my own dishes. So when I moved into my own apartment and I had to start cooking for myself, my dishes would pile up. And then when I needed to cook a dinner or something, my, all of my dishes were dirty. And I've had this like terrible cycle recently. And so I had a new meeting with my nutritionist and we set an I am statement for me. We set an affirmation. I started doing more research and she asked me this week, why is there such a block on cooking? And it immediately came to me. I said, work, a job. I feel like it's a job to feed myself. <laughs> Like, come on. The one thing I need to do to survive, I won't do. So, and she's like, uh-huh. Okay. So, we changed my I am statement this week. And we put a because to it. 
and I I can't remember the word she used, but it was a, a oh, she called it a something affirmation. It starts with an S. I can't remember the name of it, but she I'm said, sure. this is interesting. I wonder if you've heard about this before. So she said that when we write an I am statement, right? I am to be free or what, whatever, whatever it may be. A lot of times we fight with ourselves when we hear it, right? The ego is in the back of the brain going, well, this can happen and this is happening and we, do, we don't really need to believe this affirmation. Right. She told me if you put a I am statement and then put a because in there, because X, Y, and Z, your brain stops fighting with yourself because you've given yourself calls. Hmm. Which made total sense for me. Yeah, I noticed that. I was just doing it in my head. Right? It works. Yes. <laughs> I cannot remember what she got it. it. Starts with an S. Oh, I keep thinking superficial, but it's not that. But I was like, wow, that's super cool. So yeah. And so I fixed this statement. So my first I am statement was, I am excited to experiment with food that will make myself feel good. That was my first I am statement. Then I changed it and I said, I am excited to experiment with food that'll make me feel good because I love me. Mm, okay. Why would I put shitty food in my body to make myself feel shitty, even though I want to get better at this? That's not love. That is, I, I'm, I'm choosing the ego in that situation. I'm choosing to take the easy route and just microwave dinners. Yes. And that was like a revelation because I was like, why would I not love myself? And I have to love myself in every scenario, in every situation. You know, I have to love my past. I have to love my future and I have to love my present and everything that's going on in between. And part of that is giving my body what it needs my body not me not my soul but my body this thing that i am that the universe so graciously let me have in this lifetime why would i mess it up why would i not give it the nutrients it needs i was blessed to be in this body why would i trash it you know that was awesome to me i think one of the th one of the things that you know you're you you're uncovering something really cool i love the because word and uh -huh. i did it in my head and you're right it totally eases the pain the, the yeah. ego just says oh yeah okay. okay it wants to put up a roadblock to things that it doesn't want to accept yes but when you give it a reason for some reason you're right the ego kind of tames and behaves but it made me think of, you know, why do you want to do something? Why would somebody self-sabotage, in other words? 
Yep. One is because you don't know any better, which you do. So you don't fall into that category. But, uh, but some people don't. Some people just don't know any better. And that's okay. That's a cat. That's definitely a category. Yeah. But um, kind of like a child doesn't realize that he can't eat two gallons of ice cream. Oh, yeah. He, even if he gets sick, he might be like, I'm still going to eat two gallons of ice cream again because his taste buds are more important than his taking care of his body. He just doesn't know at that point or she, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the desires of the body, the, the parts of the body that say, I want to be lazy. I don't want to work hard. I, I, I want my taste buds to be gratified more than my health. So I'm, I'm going to eat fattening foods every day because I'm lazy and, and it's, and it, so I'm just going to feed myself fattening foods yeah. rather than take care of the body. That's like a child, the, the child, we're, we're not taming the body. We're not, you know, and a, a parent would say to the, to the child, no, you can't do this. Yep. And that's what we have to do to our senses, to our desires, to our, to all of our desires, every one of our desires. So if it's a desire to scroll TikTok all night, if it's a desire to um, have have sex when it's not the appropriate time or with the appropriate person, or, or um, the body's constantly asking for stuff. It's saying, "I want to taste. I want to taste something." Um, it, it might say, "I want a new car." I want a friggin' new car. I want to feel that new car. And it's like a yeah. toddler in in Toys R Us pouting on the floor saying, <laughs> I want a new car. And mom is saying no. no. And we don't do, we don't always say no to ourselves. We listen to the ego and say, Oh, you want a new car? Yeah. Um, or you want a new dirt bike, Rob? And then I go to Phoenix, Arizona, and I buy a friggin' dirt bike that I I don't need because I listen to the ego. It's all excited about buying a dirt bike, and here I am coming full circle talking about it. But um, we do that. That's what we do, right? Ah. Um, and we we learn to tame the body and say, you know what, body? I know you're lazy. I know you don't want to make food, uh, but I'm I'm going to take care of the body that. The, the one consciousness that source energy or God or whatever created for me to live in. And it's, it's a different kind of different place. I, I think that falls in the category of emotional IQ, maybe just understanding the body's emotions and desires. And yeah. And after I realized this, that, you know, I need to not be worried about my taste buds, but I need to be worried about fueling my body and I had to run into Walmart and I do not shop at big box stores anymore. And I, I walked in to Walmart and I had to go in and get one thing. And as I'm walking around, I'm going, ew, ew, poison. That's disgusting. Ew. <laughs> looking at foods or something yeah. else yeah yeah and it, and it made me realize that it wasn't my taste buds weren't the center of attention anymore i could see something and be like i know what that tastes like and i know that tastes good but ew i'm not gonna fuel my body with that anymore and it was like a it was a cool thing because and another thing 
bread. Bread, I love bread, but I believe I have celiac. And every Monday and Thursdays, we get bread in at work and I have to price it. And smelling the fresh bread used to make me just want to rip that bag open and eat it. And now I like appreciate the smell of the bread, but I know I can't have it. Like that, Interesting. that drive to want it isn't there anymore. I can appreciate the smell because it smells good. Wow. <laughs> but that need is not there anymore. Wow. That is really good. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And it's all because I changed my perspective. I just realized that I need to appreciate what the universe gave me. Eckhart Tolle talks about um, attaining things because we find ourselves in them or something along that route. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, what you're talking about kind of points to that, which is, you know, we, we want more and more because we think we'll find ourselves in it and we're, we, because we don't feel complete. And at the, and at this moment with the bread, you're, you're feeling complete. You, you don't have this desire to feed your, your body's needs. You're not needing, you even said that word, you're not needing it. You're, you're yeah. already complete and smelling it is good enough. And yeah. that's coming full circle with that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what that is. So funny. But yeah, so I'm going to try to start meal prepping and see if that works. But a part of me, the ego in me is like, Hannah, that's going to be a lot of work. And do you want to waste one of your weekends, one of your days off cooking? <laughs> you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, God, this is going to suck. But at the same time, I know that it's going to turn out great. It's interesting. I have a enormous pot. I like to cook this, this huge pot that I make this soup in. And it's, it's really big. It's bigger than any family would ever have. It's, it looks like something that you would cook food for an army camp. And I prep a month, three weeks to a month worth of food. And I'll make a chicken and sausage or whatever, a, a beef or a chicken noodle yeah. Um, and then I put tons and tons of healthy vegetables and things in there and spices, very little salt, obviously no sugar. So there's no preservatives. And then I pre-package or then I package all these things up in microwavable. It, it'll make like 25 or more containers and then I freeze them all. And so now I have this enormous amount of healthy food. And I started doing this when I came out to Vegas. Yeah. So I did that for two years and it changed my life. Uh, it changed my digestive tract. feels better. I'm, I'm not as bloated and, and uncomfortable. Um, my, I sleep better. My mind feels better. My thoughts are better. My body seems to have, um, I have osteoarthritis and I don't, that barely, that hardly ever rears its ugly head. And I think that's due to staying away from processed foods. My my belly will shrink if I eat all of my foods that I make. And when I go away on a week trip, um, I'm not as comfortable. I'm, I, I, my body doesn't know what to do with those types of foods that you buy at the store. So I get it. I know I know exactly what you're talking about. But I enjoy the cooking side to it. I, I like to get the the 
the big pan going and get a little oil and garlic and onion in there and get that smell in the house. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you disgusting like those. thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, garlic and onions, blah. Yeah, I love that. And no. peppers. Uh-uh, no. Onions, garlic, and chickpeas. That's why I can't do those. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, you know, you, if you make the perfect meal, whatever it is that, like, is really just delicious to you, and you get that smell in the house, maybe you would look for it, forward to it the next time. You might be like, oh, yeah, that day that I made that delicious meal, whatever it is. Yeah. So, uh, my nutritionist, Brenda, she makes it her art form. That's what she calls it. And I think it's so cool because she says she does art in the kitchen. And mm. I just think that's awesome. So I think I need to like make a little artistic flair or something. I don't know. Yeah, I have fun. I have this uh, cutter that's like a crinkle cutter thing. And I do my carrots and potatoes with the crinkle cutter. So it, it yeah. makes them, you know, a certain shape. And then when I do like, like chicken i'll slice the chicken up exactly the way i want it so like long thin pieces uh -huh. whatever is appetizing to me is so yeah that the prep work is fun too hmm. yeah i need to spend more i need to send some more love to my kitchen <laughs> and it'll save you money it'll save tons of money i i don't buy anything when i'm home except on the some occasions, yes, I'll eat Burger King, but it's so rare. It's yeah. not even once a month. Uh, it's less than that. But you know, I'm I'm not like hardcore. You know, I'm not I'm not going to starve or eat Burger King. You know, it's it's not like that. But the majority of my meals, ninety nine point nine percent of my meals, are homemade, home cooked, with very little processed portion. You know, and and fats in them. So um, and. And it's cheaper. It's way cheaper. Yeah. Grocery bill is not just cut in half. It's, it's you know, it's 500% less. It's crazy. Crazy. And then sometime soon I'll have a garden and I can grow my own food. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I do miss our garden we had in Delta. That was fun. And being able to go out there and grab oh, uh, tomatoes. Yes. I yes. like doing that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I miss that, too. One day. One day. Yeah. get a garden. <laughs> yeah, just keep seeing it in your mind and your affirmations, and it'll, it'll be there. I remember somebody saying to me, don't, don't make an affirmation for something that is easily attainable make an affirmation that is shooting for the stars that's just absolutely you know it's just huge because if you come in just short of that that's cool but if if you make an affirmation that you only shoot to this little low level that you know it's it's something attainable yeah. but you pro possibly could have attained more then you missed it. So to me, it's like, yeah, oh. I'm going to shoot for the stars. And then if I come in under, so what? I'm not going to feel bad. I, I, I'll, I'll feel good that I shoot for the stars and come in a little under. That's okay. Huh, I just don't want to miss my opportunity. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, I've never thought about it that way. And yeah, I like that. Yeah, and make, the, make it bigger than you. The reason 
for doing it, if you make the reason for doing it bigger than just for you, you'll want to do it more. It's in our human nature to want to help other people, but most people have that in them. And one of the things that helped me to overcome chronic severe anxiety and look that straight in the face and say, not today, I'm not, I'm not going down that road today. I'm not going to have a panic attack. That's going to overwhelm me um, was you and Nick. I, I knew that I needed to face my own monsters. And if I didn't face those, you, you got, I wasn't going to be much help to you. You weren't be a, you weren't going to be able to look to me and say, you know, well, my dad did it so I can do it. You, you, you just said, well, it's in my family genes and, you know, chronic severe anxiety and su suicidal depression. And, yeah, it's just part of me. But now, now that's not the case. You can't say that because I've knocked that thing out of the park. And I, so it was bigger than me. It was it was a reason that was much bigger than me. And I, I think that's another part of the affirmation. So, you know, if you have an affirmation to, you know, expand blended nature and turn it into this this um, huge tea business that has the financial well with all to to help people, then, you know, helping people is your bigger than you category. Yeah, you're going to have this multi-million dollar bank account possibly. But you're going to have the wherewithal to be able to help those people that you desperately want to help. And however that is, I don't know, therapeutic riding or a garden in the backyard or just some great conversations by the beach with people that need, uh, you know, to, to speak to somebody. But yeah. you'll be much better off able to do that when you're wanting to do it for others rather than just yourself. Yes, my affirmations for the business, for Blended Nature at least, are globally. Well, so is uh, Chit Chats. So it is globally already. Yeah, it is. But yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I understand that feeling. It's a very low, um, you know, it's I, I'm on a very low scale of book sales, but you know, I've, I've sold books all across the world. I've, you know, S Spain, Africa, and that's what? exciting. It's not a lot, but um, I, very cool. I'm, I'm very awesome. happy that I wrote a book that I've overcome some things and I've, I'm helping people and there's nothing greater in the world. There's no bigger reward than to know that I'm helping people. And I don't care about the money at this point. It just feels oh, wonderful God. to be able to help. Yeah. Yep. I just want to make a stand and I want to make a change. That's the goal. That concludes this episode of Chit Chats, where father and daughter come to talk about wonderful personal and private things that could possibly help the world. Hannah, it was a great chat as usual i love our sunday chats i definitely carve out time to be able to do this no matter what i mean the house has to be on fire before i'm not going to do this with you <laughs> i have a ton of fun and this episode i think we talked about a lot of really cool things and um i'm enjoying every step of it yeah me too i i am super excited and seeing and hearing that people are listening and you know you guys are following us is so awesome it's it's a literal joy um but anywho i hope everyone has a safe and happy week and we will see everybody next sunday